You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. It's been a long time since we worshipped outdoors together, but what a, what a beautiful day to begin it. Um, the first thing I want to say, uh, this is, uh, as you look out, is just when, when we cleared these trees away and prepared this area um, for, for Ryan to build this project for us, um, the mountains just formed such a beautiful backdrop. Uh, and um, the beauty of God's creation is better than any stained glass window that man or human, humanity has devised. Um, and you look up and the mountains appear eternal. And certainly by comparison to our own lifespan, they seem to be. But one of the first things I remember learning in elementary school uh, science was that the Appalachian Mountains that I lived right up against were really old mountains. That they used to be really tall and really jagged like the Rockies or the Swiss Alps, but that the farmland that a lot of our community made its living on was caused by the erosion of those mountains down into the valleys, formed the rich soil that that we've, we cultivated. It was to pierce the illusion of interminability that the prophet Isaiah preaches to Israel in its captivity. And that's when they would be reading these words. When he said in the passage we just heard, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. The people living in a foreign land, captured and essentially prisoners of war, needed a change of perspective to endure that hardship. They needed a renewal of their minds. See, it's, it is the righteousness of God that is alone forever. Not our suffering, not our difficulties. I just heard one of the, the great motivational speakers of our day say, if you, think you, if you think your problems of today are massive, he said, just back up far enough. And when the resolution gets, gets low enough, you can't even see them. A change of mind in this way can be renewing, as St. Paul says. can bring hope. It can restore strength. The modern world has become keenly aware of this, right? Claiming that we are the arbiters of reality and morality. That we will be the measure rather than the measured by the one who will come again to judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom will have no end. There is nothing good or bad that thinking makes it so. I know my daughter recognizes that one. That's uh, Hamlet in the, in the play of the same name. And most po- modern, modern people would agree with that sentiment entirely. 
forgetting that Hamlet is a tragedy that's defined not only by the lead character's death, but by his behavior driving him into isolation and his sister into madness and suicide. The idea that our perspective can shape our emotional reactions is in fact true. But that, that truth can be distorted and twisted into the idea that we can actually create or bend reality to suit our appetites, our visions, our psychological peculiarities. Here's another quote. The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell a hell of heaven. What matter where if I be the same? Anybody recognize that one? Probably not. That's Satan in Milton's Paradise Lost. That's the, the twisting of the truth that the way we think can shape our perspective of reality into the idea that I can shape reality itself by my perspective. See, in the end, reality always wins. Reality always reasserts itself. As we all know, Satan remains in hell. It is his insistence that he should reign, that hell is in fact heaven, that keeps him there. it's not just our suffering that's not forever it's also our egos and our plans and the positive things or things that can be positive see the biggest change in perspective that most of us need like Satan is to realize that we are not the center of the universe we are not even to be the center of our own universe the star of our own play when God took on flesh he emptied himself and took the form of a servant. And the realization that we are to do the same if we want fulfillment can only come through an encounter with something that is beyond us and above us and, and whose very existence judges our own. Today is beautiful. I was out here, most, if, if, depending on when you arrived, you saw me running around in a t-shirt rather than a cleric because I was getting real sweaty setting everything up. Um, I want to give it up for our musicians today because the wind is blowing their music all over. Um, but be grateful for that because before the wind picked up, the gnats were horrendous and you really wouldn't be, you'd want to be sitting here right now. Um, get out in nature and you will quickly encounter the reality of nature. Reality has a way of imposing itself upon you and breaking your romantic ideas. My father-in-law used to always say there's two ways you talk about camping if you like to camp. There's a way you talk to people who don't camp. You're like, oh, it's beautiful. The weather is gorgeous. You're out in nature. You're communing with God. And then you talk to people who also camp. You're like, oh, the mud, the rain, the horror. An honest encounter with reality reshapes our thinking. And God is the ultimate reality. In an honest encounter with Him through His Word and the Spirit, and I mean an encounter where we're honest with ourselves because neither the Word nor the Spirit can ever lie. 
an honest encounter with Him in that way will transform us by renewing our minds. Allowing each of us, in the words of St. Paul, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God is the ultimate reality. The church fathers hated, or were very fearful about, I should say, the imagination. They didn't mind it in the arts, but you don't want it in prayer. Because you want to encounter the true God. And if we will only allow ourselves to be reformed and transformed by Him, we will discover the true freedom that all of us crave. Because we'll discover our true identity. See, freedom is something we all want. Most of the movies we watch are about freedom in one way or another. The protagonist struggling to find some of it. But real freedom comes not when we get to do what we want right now, but when our wants come to reflect the reality of who we are and who we were created to be. What we were created to do. See, we were created for love. We were created to serve one another in love. To play our part and not be jealous of the parts God has assigned to other people. That's what St. Paul's getting at here and in 1 Corinthians 12. So that the great dance of love in which we are to engage can be what it is supposed to be, but for our sin. That's what human community is supposed to be. And it gets distorted when we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And that's why Peter's confession in our Gospel reading today that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, is the foundation of the church. It's what Christ will build the church on. Because that reality will begin to form a community that is a a foretaste, an imperfect, horribly imperfect foretaste of the feast to come. When finally the remnants of our sin are purged away and we live not as we once wanted to live but as we want to live reshaped by God's grace and empowered by God's grace because we are in effortless surrender to it. God not obliterating our personalities but perfecting and empowering them so that we want what He wants because we know that what He wants is what's best for us and for everyone. That's the way we were designed to live. It's the church's mission to proclaim that we do that through Christ, through the forgiveness of sins, through constant repentance, through restoration when we hurt one another. See, the church binds and looses sin not because the church has the right to define what's good and what's bad. It doesn't. But rather because it's only in a community that's constantly being reshaped and transformed by the renewal of our minds through God's Word. Where true faith in the true Christ is the centerpiece that we can hope 
even begin to live that way in this life. Many people avoid surrendering to Christ because they are afraid of losing everything they currently hold dear. But they fail to reckon with what they will hold dear. Older people in the, con- in the congregation today, by show of hands, how many of you can think of something you desperately wanted at 20 that you are so glad at 40 you did not get? <laughs> we fail to reckon with what we will hold dear someday. What we will prize and strive for with all the energy of our being when we are transformed by God's grace, when our sin is purged and healed and we are made whole again. See, that's the transformation alone. That's the only transformation that can truly give us the freedom we all crave. We need a change in perspective and God's Word provides it to us. I was listening to an interview with, uh, I mentioned him earlier in the podcast, Mentioning, uh, I was in, listening to an interview with a, one of the top motivational speakers in the country right now, and um, he was talking about the moment that everything changed for him. He was in his mid-twenties. He basically failed out of college. The girl he was, well, the girl he was married to, he discovered was not being faithful to him. He'd lost his job. He'd gone from being essentially the valedictorian of his high school class to an absolute zero, living in a 500-square-foot apartment. And a friend from college came and talked to him. And he said, I was just at this place where I said, I just lost everything. I've lost everything. I don't even know what to do. And his friend looked at him and said, Are you kidding? He said, you haven't lost everything. You have nothing left to lose. Get up. Take your life in your hands and make the big, take the big chances. Make the big risks. Be who you want to be. There's nothing left to lose. He said that was the moment that changed his whole life. When we realize that we have nothing left to lose because Christ has taken every sin for us, has come to us and wants to renew our minds and renew our characters and let us live by His grace. Knowing that reality, we can have the hope that that reality alone can bring. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, we sing about the creation, singing your praise. And as I begin this prayer, I can't help but hear the katydids and the locusts drumming it up. We do praise you for the glories of your creation, but we praise you more that that which you created, you restored, redeemed, called back from sure and certain death by your own willingness to die on the cross. Bless us, Lord, with a faith that trusts in that reality and so is transformed by it day by day, inch by inch, that we might become your agents of grace in this world. 
ministers of reconciliation, a community of love, and in so doing, show the world a more amazing way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light.